Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is a man whose severed limb collection is on sale now on Etsy, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, sir, other than sweating to death over here, but it's all good. I'll make it through. Yeah, broken ACs be damn, man. <laughs> You're probably... Uh, like, hey, can I somehow get in on the on the dead severed hand game or whatever so that way I can bring myself to another place or be like the Sixth Sense kid where, like, you start breathing cold even just because you sense dead people? You could use a lot of dead people is what I'm asking before yes. you yourself in turn melt and pass away, uh, which might happen in this episode, so we'll keep it tight. <laughs> But yeah, as long as we're we're talking about uh, the supernatural here, later on in the show, we are going to discuss the latest horror movie from A24, Talk to Me, that is uh, doing, it's like a, like a minor success for them right now. It's, it did uh, $10 million over the weekend on a $4.5 million budget, so it's at least doing well enough for the studio, so we'll get into that, see how it's doing, because uh, the critical response is, is pretty good for that, so maybe it has some legs going throughout the summer here before we see some other horror movies that maybe we'll, we'll kind of sneak into our conversation. But I kind of wanted to just catch up, Shane. Like, we, uh, we had some interesting weekends. I actually had a social life over the weekend, so I apologize everybody. I did my homework to to do talk to me, but you watched a couple of TV shows, wrapped up uh some things of yours. We both caught the Loki 2 trailer uh that came out today. So, catch me up, man. Like how how was uh you had a couple of shows that you were wrapping up? How how did that shake out for you? Uh actually pretty good. You know, I had one of those weeks with the beginning of the week. Um I was just struggling trying to find something and totally forgot Twisted Metals coming out at the end of July on Hulu. And Is I started Hulu? watching it. I got, I believe so. Why did I think that was I want to say yes. No, you're right. My bad. Sorry. My apologies. Yeah. Good call. It yeah. is Peacock. Yeah. Yep. I was about to say <laughs> so good because I dropped my uh, Hulu subscription like a, <laughs> like a jerk. So yeah, I'm glad I still so, have the Peacock one running. <laughs> so they dropped uh, all the episodes at one time. It's a very fast-paced show. It's about a half hour, which is perfect. You have uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Stephanie Petries from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I haven't seen her in much outside of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, and I loved her in that um, show. She's been in a few other uh, movies I've seen, different types of characters, but she's still just great in terms of like yeah, you you know, got comedy. The, uh, she's beautiful and everything. Else. She could do a lot. I, I need to see her yeah. in more things. Yeah, you got Neff Campbell uh, is in a couple episodes, and Will Arnett lends his voice uh, to one of the characters as well. It's a post-apocalyptic kind of show where Anthony Mackie plays, quote-unquote, a milkman, which pretty much he delivers goods from outpost to outpost, and he comes across Stephanie Beatrice's character. Uh, they have two different agendas, and uh, but they team up to try to accomplish both missions. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, I think I got I that right, that. plays kind of... He kind of plays the villain, like the main villain in this. He plays a cop in the, this future world. Mm -hmm. It's just a stylistic, over-the-top show that's just kind of fun to watch. You can take your brain out, put it next to you. Like I said, it's like 25 minutes an episode. Anthony Mackie works as his lead, uh, though I think sometimes his dialogue is a little too jokey. But other than that, it's a good show. 
based on a video game series from PlayStation, which I never actually played the video game before. Yes, I didn't either. And that's what my question was, because I thought it was based on the PlayStation game. But uh, yeah, everybody's going to try their own shot at the uh, The Last of Us type of thing, you know, just to be like familiar IP video game stuff. And this is obviously the, the Peacock version. Right. And again, it's uh, the game essentially is that you have all these souped up cars and you try to outfit them with different kind of weapons and just pretty much kill your way through whatever you're going to kill your way through. So they do have that element in here and it is more comedy driven and action driven than say The Last of Us. There's no serious tones whatsoever during this show. Right. Which for a 30 so, minute show, that's what you want. You want to blast in, right. blast out and get, you know, move it on. And it, it accomplishes that mission. So I, I really I enjoyed that show more than I thought I would. I think I'd watch it just for missing Nev Campbell, especially, you know, missing that from the last, you know, Scream movie, you know, haven't seen her in a minute. You know, maybe I might do it just yeah. for, for that. So she's not in it full time, though, right? No, no. She's in the first two episodes and the last one. All right. Well, see, that's a good barometer. If I can hang in those first two episodes and I'm in, then it's probably, you know, good enough to uh, finish up the series. That sounds like a good binge. That you can have yeah, like kind of totally bingeable. Yeah, Sunday night, you know, in between, you know, sporting stuff or whatever, just bang it out. That sounds good for me. Uh, yeah. And then you also uh, wrapped up uh, the latest season of Righteous Gemstones as well, right? I certainly did. I actually wrapped it up this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> and I will say, I love the show. It's a great show. But I thought this season was uh, a little uneven. With some of the characters, and I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't watched the finale yet. Right. But some of the storylines just didn't work this year. Overall, though, still a very good season. It got really weird in the last episode, like <laughs> really weird in the last episode. Okay. And that's saying a lot for like the Gemstone show. Um, sure. If you're familiar with it at all. They added a couple characters, which um, I guess play uh, the cousins to the Gemstone clan. And... Uh, it's in that 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 didn't really work for me. Yeah, they added a um, new cast: Lucas Haas, uh, Christian Johnson from Third Rock, and Steve Zahn plays like this outlaw militia group based part of the family. Think like real redneck, and it's kind of relevant to what's going on today. Sure, yeah. So they kind of get into a family on family clash between the Gemstones and uh, the cousins, and it kind of a lot of that. Didn't really work for me. Okay. I wanted to see more Walton Goggins character as Baby Billy. Right. Uh, he was only in it briefly this season. Okay. But overall, if you're a fan of the Gemstones, it's it's solid. It's not going to let you down. It just got kind of weird <laughs> towards <laughs> the end. Yeah. Okay. And you said Shea Wiggum is in the show yeah, too? Yeah, he, a couple episodes. He pops in there for a couple cameos and you got Steven Dorff. It was always good to see the Dorff man on screen. Of course. Well, and even but, Wiggum, uh, he, like he's like a... a He's always a great, like, great character actor to have in anything. So I'm all for that. Um, so now that you're kind of uneven with this third season, you're telling me that I think there's a fourth season coming. So are you less enthused? Do, you, do they leave it on a place where you're like, okay, this season might not work, but you're hopeful for the next? See, I <laughs> that's a good question because I just read that they got picked up a couple days ago. But it felt like they shot that last episode. Like if the season wasn't picked up, then you'd be happy with the way everything kind of ended yeah. kind of thing. So, which makes it a little more difficult for me because I don't know where they go from here now. Right. Because they didn't like lead you into any other territory. Like, oh, they might pick this up next season. Everything kind of tied. All, all the loose ends got tied up. Right. 
everyone's in a good spot. So we'll see. Right. And uh, the last bit of TV thing, well, maybe a couple things. So there is a show. I don't. Did we have this conversation about Hijack? With Idris Elba? Yeah. Yeah, I've watched the first episode. You did. What do you think? Because that is a show that I think is A, prime Shane content, and also bleeds into to my thoughts because when people told me about it, it almost seems like a... Not a exact extension, but it kind of has a little slow horses vibe that, you know, yeah. and they're both on Apple TV plus. Maybe I'm just making a leap. But to me, British uh, plane hijacking thing and Idris Alba, I'm all about it. Yeah, uh, it, I love the first episode. It's one of those shows that like everything like justified started coming out and I got caught up, but I'm definitely going to go back to hijack. OK, excellent. Yeah, because I think we'll do that maybe in tandem and maybe we'll uh, give an update to the people when uh, we get deeper into that. Because I think it's only like six or seven episodes or something. Uh, so Correct. it's not so bad. So maybe we'll uh, we'll get around to that as well. It's a little bit of a, a weaker uh, movie week this week, right? I think it's Ninja Turtle week, which th- this is the sad state of affairs where I was like, I was like, okay, this weekend I am taking my kids to the Ninja Turtle movie. And part of it is because I want to see it and we might talk about it on here. And also because I'm like, oh, it'd be a cool, fun time with my kids. And then I found out from their uh, their camp that they're in today, their Boys and Girls Club camp, uh, they're taking them to the movies on Wednesday to go see the Ninja Turtle movie. And I was like, oh. you are usurping me, you <laughs> bastards. So I, I was uh, I was not too pleased. Uh, about that so it'll be it'll be weird when my kids are watching it during the day without me and then that night i'll probably see it by myself amongst <laughs> a bunch of children or like other grown-ups like me where we're all just looking at each other like ah whatever <laughs> right so i don't know do you have uh plans to see that this week do you think well you know what this week uh also comes out this week do i meg Two, the trench oh is you that know this week I, th- why be- I think that was the week after oh, okay <clears throat> You know where my ass is going to be. Yeah. Boom. Garbage fishing. So, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> no, I want to see Ninja Turtles as well. Uh, but for me, my first priority is Meg. Sure. And then I can circle back and get to the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, especially for, you know, no matter what you may think about the series or whether you saw the first one or whatever, I think this one just looks like it's going to be such a cinematic explosion that you just want that experience to just watch this giant you know megalodon to just start eating people and going crazy on it it looks like way more violent and it does amped up which you know sequel you know that's what you do and especially if you have jason statham and a and a decent cast to do it just just go for it right yeah absolutely man it's gonna be fun now uh so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, that's TV related is uh, the Loki season two trailer came out and I know we both watched it and I think we were both kind of saying to each other, like I'm in, but not for probably the reasons that they want us to be in. Like I'm in because season one was good and I still like seeing people like, you know, like the Loki character, Owen Wilson's character, uh, Mobius, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yep. uh, and then now they've added Kehu Kwan to the equation. I'm like, okay, good. That's great. I like seeing those three people. I like seeing that particular scene in the trailer. But outside of that, 
it's really confusing, and I don't know if it's just going to be even more baffling than the original uh, season that it was, which did enough to get across. But it was I wasn't into that show because of like the time authority or any of the timeline jumping. I was into it for a lot of what other people were into it the the multiple Lokis, the the fun that you can have uh, with a guy like Owen Wilson coming back, which you don't see a lot especially in TV, you never see. So it just was a fun show to kind of get through. The vibe, the the production design, things like that. Now I'm like, okay, well, it could have some more of the same, but I hope it doesn't get above itself. And also, I don't know if you saw it, like, so they show like a half a second of a Kang type thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so I guess they're still even further committing to the Jonathan Majors thing. I was looking to see if he's in the show, but I don't see him listed on IMDb for this season, like in particular episodes, even though he's in the trailer kind of, but that is also from, I think footage from season one. So I don't know, man, what did you make of the trailer? It's the same thoughts you had. I, uh, I'm not in it for the storyline per se, because it was kind of hard to kind of follow what was going on during the trailer. Right. But I do like the characters. I love Owen Wilson. I love the Loki character, like you said, and all the different variations of the Loki character. And the new additions to the cast. I like the way they shoot this series, like the way it's shot, that grainy kind of 1970s stylistic kind of show. I'm into that as well. But again, the whole time jumping thing, I I forgot the phrase they used. Um, We'll see. They garnered enough good faith in me that I will at least... Who am I kidding? I'll watch it. I mean... Yeah, well, I said that about Secret Invasion. In fact, at one point, I was, like, all in for Secret Invasion. I watched, like, two episodes, and I could barely keep with it. I was bored. I didn't care about anybody. And this is a show with, like, Olivia Coleman, Samuel L. Jackson, Don Cheadle, and you're just like, eh. And Amelia Clark, and you're I, like, Whoa, come on. I had the same thought. I, could, I didn't get through Secret Invasion I didn't yet. care. I got, like, three, I bailed. I got, like, three episodes left, and I'm like... Do I really want to go watch it? Good. And I didn't. And nobody I nah. knew was like, no, 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 hang with it and do that. Nobody. Absolutely right. no one in my life was like, nah, come on, just uh, get through it. Not a soul. So right. that's a bad, bad thing for the MCU. And I, I, from what I understand, the premiere was the least watched one of all the shows they've done. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if they think, because, again, this is at least a season two uh, with a show that was relatively successful, I guess they're hoping for more. But when you're when like the diehards who know all this stuff, like us, where it's like, okay, but you know, Kang is sort of a problem right now, <laughs> and you yeah. hitched your wagon to that in season one, and I don't know what you think you're going to do with season two, uh, and yeah, that's going to get real messy real quick. But maybe they'll just dance around it and do the best they can right. to kind of. Be like, yeah, it's in the background, and we're going to have a lot of fun in the foreground, and who knows where it's going to go. But the MCU, they definitely have a lot of problems right now, uh, especially, you know, we'll see where, you know, the it's weird, right? We're in this, like, really sad state for superheroes. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit on and off in the last over the last year, pretty much, uh, especially with the MCU, but, like, the Flash bombed incredibly hard on the DC uh, side, Blue Beetle's coming up. I don't know many people besides maybe yourself who are like at least maybe into the idea uh, and and 
you know, excited to go see it. I don't know anyone who's even said boo about Aquaman on that side. And everybody's just kind of waiting for the James Gunn period to start uh, on that side. And then, you know, the MCU, the Marvels, uh, that that got a little bit uh, knocked out a little bit because it's not going to have IMAX screenings because Dune 2 is currently taking several weeks of IMAX, uh. so they're not going to make as much money as they thought they were because you're taking away the premium-type theater settings. That's rough. That's rough. And this is, is the MCU. You figure they have their stuff way in advance, and they should know better, and they didn't because they messed around with their schedule, and I don't think they fully think of that movie as maybe some big eventized thing i mean every mcu movie is kind of but this one eh, i mean it's kind of like tied into the tv shows so maybe maybe not so much yeah i don't know i'm actually probably more looking forward to the marvels than most people are maybe it was the beastie boys video that got me excited yeah, how many beastie the, boys songs have i heard in everything especially like no brooklyn too but like, it looks like yeah. it, it has uh it could be fun it yeah. looks like it could be the potential to have fun sure and based on like the current slate of what's co- like you just went over everything is out and was coming out, it's probably right there for me more so than Blue Beetle because I'm a little worried about that movie I for am some too. reason. Well, it's the casting. Call, call the George Lopez effect. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. And the fact yeah. that we love the, you know, uh, we love the thought of that kid from Cobra Kai playing the lead, but honestly, he's not the best part of Cobra Kai. So, and right. he's kind of whiny and a little bitch in Cobra Kai. So it's like, I don't know what to, to feel about him as being a, a lead character and you won't know until it happens. So, right. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, last thing before we get to, to talk to me, I did want to kind of put out this literally just came through what a couple hours ago and, uh, maybe, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, AKA Pee Wee Herman, um, the comedian and actor who obviously, you know, made was a giant star with Pee Wee's Playhouse and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, and obviously the subsequent sequels, um, uh, he passed away at 70, which I didn't realize he was that old, but I, I should have, I guess anyone from the eighties now is, you know, 60 something, 70 years old, I guess at this point, maybe, uh, who were stars in the eighties. But yeah, he, uh, he was fighting uh, a long battle with cancer, that was not really public. Uh, he had it for, I think they said six or seven years. Uh, and it finally just, uh, succumbed to it. So he will be missed. He was a big part of my childhood. I imagine, uh, an influence on you too, or some, a staple in your home, uh, potentially at times. And I know for me, uh, big adventure was just a movie that blew my mind when I was a kid. And I just loved every minute of it. It was one of those kind of like road trippy movies. Large Marge still haunts me to this day. Um, and that movie, you know, and that TV show like launched so many people I love, you know, your Phil Hartman's, your, you know, Lawrence Fishburns and, and other people that were always in and around that, uh, as well as launching the career of Tim Burton as well. So, right. um, and then he had a resurgence in the late nineties and early two thousands with blow and mystery men and, and he was even on Murphy Brown for a few seasons. Like, so he's, he's had a very interesting career. So what did, uh, what did Paul Rubens mean to you and this news? Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It's like part of your childhood, uh, gets chipped away at because every Saturday morning was, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Of course. For me. Yeah. Like 1130 came on. Hi, and, Jerry. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Like you said, when uh, the Venture movie came out, it just blew my mind. Like, I can't tell you how many times I saw that freaking movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And even recently, like, my kids got into him because he, Netflix, yeah, there was another Pee Wee movie, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. It wasn't very my, good. My but kids it was got there. into Yeah. It was passable. Like, it, yeah, it was like, fine. I've seen worse. T- yeah. It was fine. So it got, you know, I was. At least glad to see they get uh, a taste of uh, Pee Wee Herman. My my son especially because he was around six, uh, five or six when that movie came out. And he yeah. nonstop watched that damn movie. So you know, for his generation, for my generation, definitely peace. My Saturday mornings, man, just yeah, this is hard when you know you, 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 you something like this happens and you're like, oh shit, like yeah, it just you know. Yeah. Kind of hits you in the face a little bit. Yeah, the double whammy of that and Sinead O'Connor in the last, like, week or whatever is uh, someone who, like, you know, grew up, you know, as, like, a teenager in the 80s is, you know, just weeping right now. Uh, I think I saw someone post somebody check on Mr. T. You know, they always have, like, somebody who uh, is, like, that they think is the next when it's this type of grouping. You know, to me, it's like, all right, Cindy Lauper, where's she at? You know, like, get everybody together uh, and try to. You know, hug them, wrap them in bubble wrap, and so we can have them live, you know, as long as like Betty White's and Mel Brooks of the world. Um, so, right. but yeah, no, this one, this one hit me. Um, I, you know, I'm very tempted, uh, to probably later on maybe pop on like a big adventure or something because I haven't watched it in a while. And I, I would imagine, as most TV networks do, that they'll have his movies available to stream. If not this weekend, then fairly soon, like either yeah. on Prime yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, licensing agreements are tough to, like, time this stuff out, but I'm sure knowing that this just happened, they might, you know, it might end up on a front screen somewhere, you know, they might promote something. Yeah. So that could definitely happen, but RIP to Paul Rubens, you know, and uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Tough one for us kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, but, you know, I was glad to see him kind of make that comeback, you know, after the indecent exposure thing, which always didn't sit right with me, you know, <laughs> nor I'm sure the people who he was next to in that porn theater. But like, you know, the but, you know, when in Rome, you know, it's right. it's it's right. it's it's ill advised, especially as a star. But at the same time, really, do we need to arrest this guy and and go, and trash his career because of that but you know when you're dealing right. with a quote-unquote children's show and everything else i kind of get it so that's a tough one that's a tough pill to swallow but um yeah r.i.p paul rubens 70 years old um yeah. he will be missed but let's get to the to the movie we both checked out over the weekend like i said up top we're gonna review talk to me uh the latest a24 horror movie that uh, premiered, it did the whole film festival circuit. It did Cannes, South by Southwest, and Sundance. Sundance is where I uh, caught most of my friends seeing it early in the early reviews for that. Um, this is about when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand. They become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and opens the door to the spirit world, forcing them to choose who to trust, the dead or the living. Like I said, this made $10 million over the weekend on a budget of four point five, so it's already kind of making its money back, and we'll see with the uh, the positive scores that are out there. A uh, 75 meta score is probably the lowest you'll see, so like the toughest of critics, but even that, 
is pretty high for horror. Um, 95 Rotten Tomatoes score with an 83% Rotten Tomato audience score. 7.5 IMDb and a 3.7 on Letterboxd. So, again, this might have a little bit more legs. This is made from the Australian twin brother filmmakers who became YouTube sensations under the name Raka Raka. This is the Philippu brothers, Michael and Danny. Um, this is also co-written by Danny as well. <laughs> These guys are nuts. I didn't know anything about them, and I've looked into them a little bit. Did you catch any of their like YouTube stuff? <clears throat> Apparently, they're known for like this Harry Potter versus Star Wars thing that went crazy, and they also got... Uh, arrested apparently for driving a car like the first quote underwater car where they filled the water like filled the car up with water and drove around uh-huh. like that and they got arrested <laughs> for it uh-huh. um but it's the first time i guess anyone's ever done that successfully so good on them yeah so they, so they seem my kind of crazy so i'm rooting for them uh but we'll get into obviously the movie stuff but did you get, hear of them before no, not at all. In fact, I was doing, you know, a little research before the show. So I did uh, stumble upon like the YouTube stuff. My kids will probably know who the freak they are. Right. So I might have to ask them. But, you know, it's a cool story, man. So, yeah, excited to see what else they can do. Yeah, because you don't hear a lot of those stories for how many YouTubers who have maybe been successful on their own channels. You don't really see the crossover too much. Um, you would think it'd be happening a lot more in this generation. Uh, but maybe it's now just kind of taking effect or we're starting to see it maybe a little bit more. Um, but a, a lot of people are kind of comparing this one to Barbarian because it's a it's a director doing their debut uh, with a horror movie that has some disturbing imagery. So, you know, uh, I've also heard comparisons to Hereditary, though Hereditary is a lot more detailed and a lot more, I know you're not a fan of the movie, so you're probably going to just roll your eyes for me just saying the words hereditary, <laughs> so I apologize the comparison uh, in in in, uh, in advance. But it's an interesting thing to hear all these, like, at least successful movies. In fact, uh, Hereditary is, I think, the only one outside of this movie to do double digits as a horror movie from A24 in their history. So I think that's where that comes from a lot, too. Um First of all, what do you think of the movie? And are any of these comparisons worthy of them? I don't. I I enjoyed the movie for the most part. Uh, I honestly not because I trash Redditary every second I can get. <laughs> I don't really see the comparison. When I saw the trailer and partway through the movie, I thought I was going to get more of like an It Follows vibe. Okay. From it, yeah. Uh, which it doesn't really do that either. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's, um, what was the first movie you threw a comp out? Uh, Barbarian, which if, if anything, you're going to say with that one, I guess there's not a ton of, like, like I said, it's mostly just an imagery and shock value thing that you compare them to, but otherwise they don't have a lot of crossover. No, they don't have a lot of crossover. So my, my comp would be kind of, it follows to an extent or, uh, you know, a a movie of that ilk. Well, honestly, uh, it's almost closer to smile because, it's it's not a it's yeah. not a one for one, but what I mean is, you know, there's that connection with like the the family stuff on top of the uh the kind of power that it is this repeatable kind of thing. I don't know. It, it felt closer. No, to, smiles to a good that. comp. Yeah, smiles a good comp. Because even when we did the smile review, I kind of thought of like, well, it's like the ring, right? Where it's like this repeatable 
thing that you know people are going to keep doing and it it could get sequels because it could keep following it around and keep going from person to person and this effect that they use with the with how you're playing a game essentially almost like you know a weird kind of rule-based Ouija kind of a thing with the severed hand with the embalmed hand so it has a little bit more in common with stuff like that where it's like this repeatable game or dare kind of a thought right versus you know obviously comparing it to something more like barbarian or hereditary i don't see that no but it i for the most part i i really like this movie it's not gonna do, what i appreciate about it, it doesn't have a ton of jump scares which i don't like movies that rely on the jump scare tactic but this sure. movie was tense in a lot of spots you got the opening scene with the with the brothers you got um the scene with Riley when uh, he finally gets his chance to play, which was a disturbing scene. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if there's any, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, any more disturbing scene than that uh, that one ghoul or whatever the hell she was that was sucking on that guy's toes. <laughs> yeah. That was. Uh, I was oh. very close to putting that in your intro. You know, I had, I had a toe sucking <laughs> intro in there for you. Um, but yeah, I held off. <laughs> but the practical effects were good. I thought it's really solid work there. So overall, it was it was effective, and I did like the full circle this movie came on. And we won't spoil it, but like the last scene worked for me. I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought that was a cool way to kind of just come full circle with this movie. Though the main character, uh, Sophia Wilde, as good as she was, she annoyed the piss out of me. Like she's one of <laughs> as those, she should. Yeah, I know she's one of those trope characters in, in horror films that just like makes all the wrong decisions. Yes. And you just, you just want to like punch her in her face. Yes. So, but no, overall effective, not as scary as you might think, but when they do come, it's, they guess, like you said, disturbing imagery is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so over the weekend, I, uh, I was at a comic book convention at Comic Con, uh, where I, uh, ran into John Amenta, uh, our buddy from the pint who we've had on this show before. And he had just seen the movie before me. And so we talked about it once I saw it too. So I had a little bit of a conversation over the weekend about it. And I think we are also on the same page. I think this movie, I think it does well in how it deals with grief uh, and, and the desperation to find answers and meaning when you're in that situation. I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that, you know, in a way, because you're involving the Riley thing and, and the games aspect of it, that it does feel like, you know, a teen movie that kind of like growing into adulthood, making mistakes kind of stuff. Cause it's various levels of that age level. It's like early teen to late teen or, or early twenties or however yep. it is. So, or actually, no, they're all still in school. So yeah, I guess like late teen high school and then earlier, you know, high school, maybe like 14, 15, whatever. Yeah. It is. Like middle school, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like those aspects of it. I liked like you said, the practical effects when it was done right. I think, you know, for people who are like really going apeshit about like, oh man, how scary are it's stomach churning. I'm like, I didn't feel that way. I felt there were certain scenes that were very effective. I think you laid them out already, you know, and you're engaged with it because again, the game yeah. aspect of it, how you saw the, the beginning scene happen, you already know kind of maybe what you're in for a little bit so it can kind of go through that opening scene then insert some story then get back into the game and kind of go from there so i i think that definitely worked 
The only other thing that didn't work for me is once the the family aspect of it really starts to come into it more and trying to solve the problem more, I don't feel like I know fully the rules of the game after the game's end, if that means anything. So, like, the once Riley has his accident, then all hell breaks loose, and it's kind of this aimless search for answers and going back and forth, and I just feel there was a malaise in that period, and I don't think if... I don't fully understand how or why they ended the movie in that aspect. Like... I know she's desperate to to get answers, but I think some of the interactions with the 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 ghost characters or or the malevolent spirits or whatever that you want to see, I don't fully understand the motivations. Nor did I feel like there was a rhyme or reason when she can see the spirits or engage with the spirits. It makes sense, you know. They kind of say like, "Oh, well, he went past. He went too far the time or whatever," and so. They just felt like they can kind of do whatever they want from there. Um, so that's where, like, you know, I'm like, does she need to be asleep? Does she not need to be asleep? Oh, they can trick her mind now? That's a new rule. So they were just, like, were kind of making up stuff as they went along. And then as far as, like, the the mother and father part with her and who to trust and all that stuff, I feel like they purposely left that kind of vague just to kind of mm. make it kind of... Uh, what's the word? Like makes the audience, you know, a little off center, a little like to kind of follow the theme of like, if she doesn't know who to trust and everybody else doesn't know who to trust, then we shouldn't know who to trust. And so it kind of left it this ambiguous kind of thing that you're just supposed to kind of go with the ride. The ride's fine, but I felt at the end of the movie, I was just like, okay. You know, so it, it didn't leave me with the satisfaction that the first two thirds of the movie did, especially yeah. the middle third. Right. I can understand that. Like you said, I think they were playing fast and heavy with the rules after that accident. Yeah. Cause they even said, why are you the only one seeing things? You know what right. I mean? Like they never really answered that as well because technically everyone played the game. It went over two minutes, so it should have been affected more than said one person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I agree. Uh, that was probably the only critique I had as well. A minor one because, again, up until that point, I was enjoying the ride. And uh, and then, you know, I think the end is open to interpretation, uh, especially – I don't want to spoil it, but especially when she's going through the hospital towards the end and you see Jade and her mom and the family. And I, I Well, I just kept thinking, well, did – what really ha- – like, what really happened? So I think it's kind of up to interpretation. But, yeah. like, they nailed the majority of this movie. Yeah. I thought all the actors, which I'm not familiar with any of them, uh, was good. Was a good cast, a good young cast. Yeah, Mar- Miranda Otto. Uh, yeah, she's been in a lot. I've seen her. Yeah, I was about to say I, I've definitely seen her in some things, and and probably more recently. I'm. I'm oh well, she's in Lord of the Rings. She's Yoan okay. on that. She's in War of the Worlds. Uh, I'm trying to think if she was in something more recent that i would know um i didn't watch that sabrina show on uh netflix that's where i know her from okay, okay. yep she was also in one yep. of the annabelle movies she was in uh 24 legacy that like reboot kind yep. of a thing so i'm sure there's a handful of things that 
I definitely know her from Homeland, uh, What Lies Beneath. There's a few other things that I definitely recognize her from. Um, so she's been around. Uh, I remember even seeing her yeah. in Human Nature uh, back in, I think that's the early 2000s. Um, so she's been around. But um, yeah, you're right. Otherwise, I was impressed with basically uh, a cast that I knew absolutely no one. So uh, that definitely worked and again you're talking about a directorial debut more of a festival movie that's a low budget thing so i think if you take all those things into consideration i think this is a a home run for a24 and obviously we'll get more work for uh the twins there the michael and danny so you know that's definitely going to be something that happens but i don't know i expected especially for how well it's being received that i thought i was going to get more out of it like as far as a takeaway when i left the theater instead i felt like i had more questions than answers but i also can't you know take away the uh the aspect of just the craftsmanship and how well it was right. executed, like I said, with all all the odds against you in terms of uh, low budget and all the other things. So that that definitely is impressive, and I'm sure it'll only get better for those guys. Yeah, and conceptually, like you said, this type of movie lends itself for sequels, unfortunately or fortunate. However you want to look at it, I do think if it does start to make a little more money, especially when it gets to the VOD and the streaming, I can see them doing an easy sequel to this movie. And and this is this is no shade on them. I hope if you're if you're having a successful debut like that, unless you really have a really 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 good idea for something that would come after it, I don't want to see these guys if they had this much talent and they did this much with so little. I don't want to see them get caught up in sequels to doing this. I mean, everybody's going to take a payday, right? You know. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd rather see them do another you know, adventurous type thought, you know, take another big swing, do that instead. And again, horror is always like a great way to break out. Um, and you see it time and time again, you know, Jordan Peele and other people like that of recent note that get to break out with that. But, you know, this is, this is something that I hope is a launching pad for them, but not in the sequel realm, because I agree with you. Like yeah. the, the end does lend to it, but I think they did that purposely maybe knowing where that was going or really to be honest there is no other way to go and even when i don't want to spoil the end for people but like even when you get to the end i thought they literally had multiple things that could have been done and i think no matter which one it was i wouldn't have cared and i think that's a problem for the end right um because it just ends the the problem that they're trying to solve so it's Right. And again, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no rules that make me think, oh, either one of those would have solved the problem. So it's possible. I don't know. Right. But <clears throat> there you go. Uh, <laughs> it works. And enough people are saying good things about this movie. So we'll see. But uh, where do you land with scores? I'm curious because I, I I went back and looked at the scores I gave, say, like things I liked this year, like, say, Megan or Scream 6, or any other... Uh, I'm trying to think if we, we covered any other horror ones that would be on the, like more of the top list type things. But even last year, I looked at like what I gave Barbarian and what I gave Smile and things like that, and I'm like, okay, well, if I gave those that, then I give this X. And where do you land? Okay. Well, I didn't look at some of my other horror reviews, but off the top of my head, uh, 
again, this movie was two thirds successful. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five for me. Again, I enjoyed the thrill ride. It had me tense and the runtime was perfect. It's an hour and a half. So just you're in, you're out. Right. Uh, so I gave it a, my initial gut was 3.5. Now, if I were to see it again, it may change. But I don't think it'll get higher. If anything, it'll get lower. I, yeah. That's that my makes fear. Sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. So initial gut first time through 3.5. Well, here's the question for you before I give my score. Is this your favorite horror movie of the year so far? Does it beat out Megan Scream? Any of those? It doesn't beat Scream. Megan was more enjoyable. If that, right. I had more fun watching that movie, but I like Scream 6 more than I like this movie. Okay. And I like Smile more than I like this movie. I like Smile. And Barbarian. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. So, that's why yeah. every, I think part of it is, too. Unfortunately, it's in a bad spot where the marketing device is, like, the best horror movie of the year and this and that, like, and best horror movie in so much time, whatever, past. Uh, I didn't go there. So, to me, I'm looking at the other scores, and at best, if I was cheating, I'd give it a 3.25, but I think I'm probably saying it's a 3 because I think it's a solid effort, but it didn't leave me in the same vibes that it was at the heights of the movie when I was watching it. So, and and especially because I think I gave Barbarian 3.5, and and if I'm not saying it's as good as Barbarian, well, then there you go. So, yeah, um, I mean, and again, we've we've done this a million times, especially because the scoring system is so hard. You know, it's not like we're doing like uh, like school grades one through 100, you know, like a meta score <laughs> or something. But, you know, there are movies that I could give this a three and a half, but say another three and a half is better than this. You can do that. It's allowed. Um, but when right. you really think about it, it's like, well, I think it has more issues than Barbarian did. And it didn't make me like you know squirm in my seat as much um smile definitely made me squirm way more and that ending with the the mother and the whole thing like that really like i had to like look away you know because i was fearing nightmares that's that's when you know a movie works (laughs) and i think this when the closest they came to that was the uh the toe sucking guy so yeah. <laughs> I, I think between you know that and seeing obviously what happened to Riley, but like outside of that, and even right before then, that whole night of like when Mia first starts doing it, that first night too, when they got like the whole oh, yeah. you know kind of like the pedophilia aspect a little bit, and like uh, I was just yeah. like uh, okay, so it has a lot of good moments, uh, but I think it's just a a slight dip underneath some of the highs that we've seen in the last couple of years. That's all. Yeah, I agree. Which again, I no, no. Like you, like yeah, like you just said. I think I graded Smile a three point five, but Smile is a better movie. So right. So that's what I'm saying. You, know, you hate when I cheat, but yeah. it kind of feels like I, I need to cheat. <laughs> yeah, I cheated. I did. I cheated a little bit. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. That's where that lands. I think um, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the last voyage of the Demeter. Uh, Demeter. Demeter. I'm always going to yeah. screw that up. I'm going to turn into the uh, Kim Bassinger Basinger thing. I'm going to probably do that <laughs> 4,000 more times before uh, the year is out. But um, I think that's probably the, the next horror movie, obviously, that's to come out. And it's also probably one of the, the ones I'm looking forward to the most. I don't, I've don't. i seen the trailer for uh, you know the Exorcist 
film. Um, I'm fine. I don't fully care. Um, so okay. we'll I, see. I, I'll watch it, but again, I'm not yeah. like gonna jump over, you know, the moon for it to get to get in my seat. It's just not, just not. It didn't fully work for me uh, in terms okay. of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, some of that stuff, it just feels like old hat now. You know, the whole possession stuff and whatever. So right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, any other uh, horror movies that you've kind of had your eye on as as uh, maybe more movies kind of come crystallize or get October release dates that uh, that we've seen? Yeah. No, I'm probably in the same boat you are, though. I do have... Uh... I do want to see The Exorcist a little more than you do. Um, I like the trailer, and I like uh, David uh, Green. I think that's his name. David Gordon Green, yeah. Yeah, I like David Gordon Green. I'll take heat for that. I know he's uh, with the Halloween series and all that stuff, how people feel about him. But no, I, I that, uh, August 11th, and then Exorcist, and then this week is Meg, but that's not a, really a horror film, but that's the next big movie I have up. Yeah, and I still have to watch certain ones, too. Like, I still haven't caught up with, you know, Evil Dead Rise or Infinity Pool or Boogeyman, things like that, to where I can uh, really hone the list. Um, You know, I was a little disappointed by Run, Rabbit, Run, uh, if you count that in this genre, and then uh, Bird Box Barcelona or any of those things. You know, that's that's TBD. Like, those are kind of... I don't even count that in the same category, really, as this. Right. Um, I don't really care about... Saw X, Saw 10, whatever. Um, Cobweb is a movie that I've started to see uh, positive things thrown around. I know my Fangoria email like highlighted that and tried to do like special screenings for it to try to drum up stuff uh, for that film. Um, I guess God is a Bullet counts a little bit because they have kind of it's a cult movie, right? Right. Movie right. about cults. So if that counts in there, I w- I want to see that as well. Um, so yeah, there's still some stuff to check out um i didn't ever watch skinnamarink i don't know if i want to Me either <laughs> um so we'll see if uh if that might uh turn up before the year is out too maybe i'll maybe i'll save that for like a scary october feeling just kind of wrap up all my horror thoughts before we uh get through halloween season um right but yeah hopefully we get some more man i know this uh writer strike a lot of stuff has been uh. moved so we'll see, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a wi- wild yeah. west out there. but um, It is. Yeah, so, but at least this week, in some semblance, I guess it's a horror week for you with the Meg. <laughs> I'm sure it's more campy, yeah, really campy horror. <laughs> uh, we'll see, like in a Lake Placid kind of way, maybe. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, I'm fine. It's it's definitely a good time at the movies, man. Giant, you know, man, man-eating, uh, animal-eating, uh, you know, fish whatever it's uh it's yeah. supposed to be <laughs> so i'll take it uh it should be fun um but we'll see man we'll see how that all yeah. pans out um anything else from you before we uh get on out of here no that's about all i got it's gonna be a good week yeah little turtle power once i get my c once <laughs> i get my ac fixed that too man yeah so uh you know, go put the ice packs on like, uh, you know, your Larry Bird in the, the <laughs> late 80s, you know, just like sit down in a low, low area with some ice packs and uh, hopefully heal up for next week. Um, thanks for everybody for listening. Obviously, go, you know, give us a like and subscribe and all those things for us at NomCastPod on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called on in- and Instagram. Um 
We're not on threads yet. I keep wondering whether if we're going to do that or not. But I'm really uh, I'm down on social media with the whole things that are going. But we're still there. Check us out. Um, more importantly, obviously, subscribe. Give us five-star reviews. Do that whole thing. And then come back next week for more recent activity.